Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An Internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. Well, back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Radio Show. Thank you for listening. Tuning in wherever you are in the world. Uh, Stefan H. Verstappen is the author of A Master's Guide to the Way of the Warrior. Absolutely amazing, 360-some-odd pages or 20-some-odd pages of just absolute genius and amazement. Uh, he has over 35 years' experience in martial arts, including five years spent in East Asia. Uh, and in 1985, he traveled, to, uh, he, he traveled throughout Asia uh, and studied martial arts in Hong Kong, Taipei, uh, Thailand, Korea, uh, and mainland uh, China. Uh, Verstappen also is the author of eight other books, uh, including uh, The 36 Strategies of Ancient China, Blind Zen, and The Art of Urban Survival. Welcome, Stefan. Thanks for having me on the show, Philippe. Uh, well, I'm just absolutely uh, uh, crazy over the, the videos that I've seen from uh, the book, uh, uh, the book promotional uh, for Way, uh, Way of the Warrior. And what's fascinating is, is that these are thoughts that I think a lot of people have but are afraid to talk about it, afraid to write about it. So I want to commend you uh, on, on doing so. But um, for those who are, who are listening, because they're not watching, those who are listening, uh, there's a, a, a YouTube video of the book trailer uh, that basically talks about how the government uh, are basically psychopaths. And, Stefan, you do a great job uh, in this book and in your work uh, solidifying that. Start first with how did this work come to be? When did you start writing this book and coming to the conclusion that uh, uh, the 1%, if you will, uh, are the true psychopaths of, uh, of our society? Well, the book goes back um, to when I was about 12 years old and had what they used to call an enlightenment experience. And all it did was make me want to seek the truth. And um, I was studying different spiritual disciplines and uh, I just was drawn to martial arts because it was it was touted as a spiritual path, you know. Mm -hmm. So I started in with, uh, with martial arts and... Um, I just, uh, and I'm not like a jock. I was never like a, you know, the high school jock or anything like that. I was always kind of a, like an egghead, um, <laughs> read, read a lot of books, you know, and, uh, and, and I realized with my, in my character, cause I was, I'm trying to develop myself, you know, so okay, mm -hmm. I'm smart. I can do this. And, but, uh, you know, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a, a chicken, you know, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I, I was always in the woods and always doing camping and stuff like that. But when it came to like being a tough guy, I, you know, I, I wasn't a, I wasn't a tough guy. And I thought, you know, I wanted to learn martial arts. So 
early on in, when you're learning martial arts and you're reading all the history of it and there's a, rumors of this you know great book that's passed from master to master and if you watch any of the uh, you know the hong kong kung fu movies uh, a lot of times that theme will come up you know the master's book the secret of this this style so i searched for it and uh, other authors had searched for it too like robert w smith he f- was the only one that was able to find a book like that and it was like really just really disappointing <laughs> you know you read it, it was just a bit of rehashed Taoism, you know and that was it right so i thought i'll start making notes for this uh, for myself and uh, so well 35 years later um you know i got a big pile of notes and um the other thing with me is i'm, I'm a skeptic right I, I don't just believe stuff and and for example when i was in taiwan um, my teacher was very honest with me, and he showed me all these kung fu tricks, you know, about bending the spear in your throat and smashing bottles with a palm strike and, you know, laying on a bed of nails and having, you know, cinder blocks broken on your chest with a sledgehammer. It's all just, you know, tricks and cons, you know, and I don't like that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to get like the real Jedi Knight kind of <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, learning. And so I researched it myself. And so when they say things like, you know, you have to focus, uh, I always used to say, well, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, like, uh, and, and I remember in, in Taekwondo, they say, oh, focus on the feet. So, okay, focused on the feet. And then you end up getting, sparring a guy in karate and he, he ends up punching you in the head. Mm-hmm. So you go to karate and you say, mm-hmm. focus on his fists. <laughs> okay, so you focus on his fists and then, you get some guy coming out of Taekwondo and he kicks you in the head. So everybody had all this advice, focus and concentration and self-discipline and all these great grandiose ideas. But I wanted to know what it really means. And so I broke it down. Focus, there's different ways of focus. The eye is constructed a certain way that you can unfocus the lens and you can concentrate on different portions of the eye and one way is better for seeing movement and another way is better for seeing in the dark and this has all got scientific backing but that's what i wanted you know yeah i wanted to learn how to see in the dark and i want to be able to focus so that i see everything you know you have this boundary this big bubble of awareness and uh uh, you, you, your, your perception is really keen and nothing slips by you and there's no way anybody can ever sucker punch you. Things like that. So I put that, kept putting those notes together and, and along with the, the spiritual stuff, the Taoism, the Zen, uh, some yoga techniques I threw in there and uh, even some new age stuff and modern scientific techniques, you know, like uh, behavioral conditioning to teach yourself how to relax. And uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's, that's how the book came about. Wow, well, that's a lot, but, I mean, it goes even deeper than that. You talk about uh, how our society, I'm, I'm quoting from, from some of the uh, uh, quotes from the book and, 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 and from your uh, website, our society is under full-scale attack by psychopaths intent on destroying our minds, our spirit, and our lives. What do you mean by that? Well, everybody knows. Everybody that's listening right now knows there's something really wrong with our country, and uh, they, everybody's got a bad feeling. Now, things aren't right, and it's kind of hard to put your thumb on it. And uh, there's a lot of stories go around, a lot of conspiracies, you know, well, something like this, something like that. This could be a problem. But we all know there's something wrong. And actually, that feeling is correct. I've, you know, um, not only do I, you know, study the martial arts, but I'm a, a big fan of history. My first book, The 36 Strategies of Ancient China, is full of all historical anecdotes 
uh, that I researched, uh, you know, from ancient China and uh, Japan. And it was researching all these, you know, these strategies and these generals and these emperors and their behaviors that I started to realize that I could not be a good, I would never make a good general. I would not make a good emperor because I can't kill that many people. You know, um, Get to those positions of power, you've got a lot of blood on your hands. You don't become shogun of Japan without a lot of blood on your hands. You don't become the king of France without a lot of blood on your hands. You research any dynastic history or the history of royal families, and my God, it's a bloodbath, you know? And so you have to ask yourself, so what kind of personality uh, would you have to have that you're willing to murder your parents and your siblings in order to get power? And mm. I started to re research that, you know, what is that? And then I came across the writings of like uh, Harvey Checkley and, um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Robert Smith and uh, Harris here in, in Canada. And they, these were all experts on uh, psychopathy. And when I started reading about psychopathy, it started to click for me. And then I, 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 I read everything I could get a hold of. And, you know, I had three years of psychology, college-level psychology, so it wasn't too far a stretch to research one subject and make yourself a master at it. Mm -hmm. Anybody can do it. You, you spend five years researching anything, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. you'll, be, you'll become an expert on it. You know, it's really simple. So uh, I became an expert on psychopaths. So before anyone can understand why our society is the way it is, you first need to understand the psychology of people called psychopaths because it is so alien and, and, and different from what we understand humans to be. And, and until you understand it... You say that... So, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't know. I yeah, no. Go ahead. I, I thought I heard background music, and you were going to go for a, a, a commercial break. <laughs> no, no, commer no, no commercials here. Uh, and no oh, okay. Music. It's the neighbors upstairs playing music. I guess <laughs> that's probably what's going on. <laughs> so, so go ahead. So finish because this is fascinating to me. So talk to me a little bit uh, deeper about what you find with the psycho with with the psychopathy of of uh, these world leaders. Well, the problem is our, our structured society. We have what's called a hierarchical society. It's basically a pyramid structure, right? There's all us poor schmucks on the bottom rung, you know, and there's the middle managers and the upper managers. Anyways, power and money and, and wealth all congregate towards the top. So that means being at the top of this structure is very attractive to people that love power. And so who loves power? It's the same people that were emperors and, and shoguns that murdered their way to the throne are the same people that will literally murder their way to the top of the corporation, to the top of the, uh, uh, the political system, to the top of the, uh, 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 you know, the Catholic church or whatever large body of, you know, hierarchical uh, structured uh, um, systems. It just attracts psychopaths. Now, because they are so ruthless, they tend to end up at the top of the pyramid. For example, you know, Philippe, you and I, we, we go for a job interview and, and you present your resume and all your accomplishments and, you know, you good, do a good job of presenting yourself. But I'm a psychopath, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you know, blackmouth you. I'm going to 
plant cocaine in your desk drawer. I'm going to spread a whisper campaign. I'm going to steal your resume and put my name on it and then accuse you of stealing my resume. Well, <laughs> you know, and then who's going to get the job, right? I mean, you played fair. You're, you're, you're being honest. But when you're up against a psychopath, these people will do anything to get rid of you. They'll blackmail you. you they'll slander you. They'll, uh, you know, um, you know th- throw a joint in your car and call the cops and say, oh, the neighbor's smoking in the car. You know, they'll do all of that stuff to get rid of you. Who is going to win in that kind of a battle, right? Not the nice guy. Absolutely and so, not. So partly that's, you know, the, uh, part of the reason why I've included this in my book uh, about the, the master's guide to the way of the warriors, because as a warrior, you need, you know, you, a warrior is expected to win his battles. If you're going to lose all your battles, you're not a warrior. So, but in order to win your battles, it's like in the first principle that Sun Tzu, the author of The Art of War, uh, wrote 2,500 years ago, know your enemy and our enemies the enemy of humanity are these people called psychopaths and so if you're going to be a warrior and you're going to go up against these people you got to know how they operate and that's how they operate there is no rules for them right there's only win and when they're up against a bunch of nice guys the nice guys finish last and so that's why our society is now dominated by psychopaths every major industry will have a psychopath or not just one there'll be hundreds of them that's upper management that's mm-hmm. congress you know that's uh, the white house staff that's uh, the leadership of the republican party they'll all be psychopaths and that's why we see all these accusations of pedophilia and, and murders and assassinations that's what they do you know so um you, now you what's happened you talk about uh, it goes even deeper when you talk about this psychopathic behavior and this, this, this uh, 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 diabolical need for power. It, and you talk about chemtrails, you talk about vaccines, you talk about GMO food, microwave radiation, all of these things that are destroying health but um, are, are, are industries that are worth billions and billions of dollars. So. So we're not even just talking about the psychopath uh, that, that, you know, uh, kills on their way to the top, but, but basically also kills for, for profit. Um, yes, they kill for profit, but the other thing you need to know is that they kill for sheer pleasure. Um, mm. it, their, their mentality, it's really hard to grasp it unless you've really studied them for a long time, but... And, and studies have shown they've done, you know, uh, MRIs on these uh, psychopaths' brains to see which part lights up uh, according to what images are flashed on a screen. So, you know, they'll hook us up to an MRI and they'll show uh, a picture of, you know, cute bunnies or something like that. And mm-hmm. there'll be a portion of our brain that corresponds with empathy that lights up, you know. Mm-hmm. And we will experience, and they can read this, experience happiness and, and, and joy, you know, um, and then they'll flash a picture of, say, you know, uh, you know, dead body in the field or something like that. And then another part of our brains will light up where we feel, uh, you know, sadness and, and repulsion and, uh, and, and fear to those types of images. With the psychopath, it's the opposite. You know, they'll flash pictures of cuddly bunnies and nothing happens in the brain, right? They'll flash pictures of dead bodies. Now, their parts of the brain associated with pleasure 
begins to light up. So there's something in the wiring, right? So they actually enjoy seeing people suffer, which explains why, you know, because one of the questions I always had is, you have these characters that are worth billions of dollars, right? Billions. It's impossible to spend that money in your own lifetime. You know, there's not enough boats and airplanes and gold-plated toilet seats you could ever possibly buy and and, and not have enough money. Why are they still so ruthless to screw cancer patients and children and charity funds out of even more billions? It's not because they need the money. It's not because they want to buy anything more. It's because they know the suffering that they are causing, and that's getting them off. Wow. So, and, you know, I know it's it's bizarre. I mean, it w- it took me a long time to process this because, you know, I'm we are all brought up with this sort of platitude is everybody has some good in them. We are all God's creatures, and sure. you know, and and if people do something evil, it's only because they didn't mean to, or they were you know, abused as children or, uh, you know, there's all kinds of excuses to explain why people do evil other than the reason is they're evil. <laughs> you know, they enjoy doing evil things. Same thing with the pedophilia and all that. Like, why, why are they all, because many of these psychopaths are attracted to young children. Well, it's, it's not like they don't have enough money. They could get all the coke and hookers they want, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not about sex. It's about desecrating an innocent child because that's pretty evil and more evil it is the more they like it um so now we've got these people in charge of everything now okay and you mentioned the chemtrails and this and that Mm -hmm. the other the other thing you need to know about psychopaths is they recognize each other right there's they have like a a, like (laughs) i said uh gaydar right they have a psychodar you know they can spot other psychopaths. And what they'll do is they'll work together because in their minds, the rest of us are idiots that deserve to be abused, right? We are, because you're playing by the rules and you're trying to be a decent, upstanding citizen in your community and you know, you know, you're taking care of the wife and the kids and you're working a job and you're paying your goddamn taxes. They think you are an idiot. They think you're such an idiot that they really would write, like to rob you blind and then kick you in the head because that, that's how the level of respect they have for you. So they work together because they have this mutual understanding. Mm-hmm. You and I, we know that evil is fun and that all these people are too stupid to help themselves, so let's rob them blind, let's steal their underage daughters and molest them, and then let's kill them. That's how they think. So what's going on now is they're trying to kill us. They are... The people in charge, the, the, peop- the powers that be, who's ever behind, you know, your government, my government, European government, the deep state, because it's all the same everywhere in the world now, it's the same. They're trying to kill us. And it's a multi-pronged attack. They're, they're, they're killing us physically, right, with the, with the chemtrails. I mean, I never, when it first came out, I didn't believe in chemtrails, no. But, you know, in the last five years, yeah, I look up in the sky, I don't see the, the sun anymore. That wasn't the way it was when I grew up as a kid 40 years ago, you know. <clears throat> and the GMOs and the Wi-Fi radiation and uh, uh, 
the fluoride in the water. I mean, it goes on and on, and the pesticides and the vaccines. I mean, they, they push this stuff ahead. There's never been a vote on it. Nobody's ever published a study on whether or not Wi-Fi is going to be harmful for you or whether chemtrails, you know, spraying ammonia and barium in the sky is going to have any ill effects. There's been no studies. They come out kind of subtly and admit it, you know, oh, we're doing experiments. It's, it's, it's for climate change. So, you know, they don't deny that they're doing this. And yet every indication is that this is harmful for the vast population and Nobody was ever consulted, asked to vote on it. Nobody was, no news stories on the mainstream media talking about it. So this is going on and it's poisoning us physically. They're also attacking us psychologically. These smartphones, TV, movie, um, you know, uh, social media. Um, you know, I sit out in the park every day because this is my my meditation time. You know, like uh, you get you get tired of, you know, the madness of modern society. And I just go and sit, you know, usually late at night, under the trees, right to the next to the river. And there's a pathway. And sometimes I, I'm, I'm there in the early evenings, and there'll be people walking up and down. And almost to a person, everybody is staring at a cell phone. Nobody's mm-hmm. looking up at the stars. Nobody's looking at the moon. Nobody's, you know enjoying nature <laughs> you know even guys on bicycles have these little mount mount things they mount their damn iphone on their bicycle handlebars guys on skateboards are looking at their iphone five-year-old kids are looking at their iphone this is this is all of this is a psychological attack on us they're turning us into zombies they're they're shortening our attention span uh, they're making us dumber through public education i mean 12 years of public education and you come out of there and you're not even qualified to flip hamburgers. I mean, come on, you know, <laughs> that's a good point. You know, if, point. if it was up to me, I could make better use of my 12 years of precious youth, you know, other than send them to this factory environment where they learn nothing but obedience to the state, you know, and, um, and then you have to spend another, you know, $150,000 to go to another four years of, you know, quote unquote, higher education. So all of this is meant to destroy us psychologically and mentally. Now, why would they do that? Well, first of all, people in charge are psychopaths. And psychopaths don't like smart guys. You know, they, they don't like me. You know, they don't like you. Because they know you and I won't put up with their BS, right? Mm-hmm. They, you know, they start lying to you. You know, they're, they're pissing on your leg and they're telling you it's raining. Um, we don't stand for that, and they don't like that. So they don't want a population that has any kind of ability to resist them. And so they want them dumb and obedient, and that's what that's aimed at. And then there's a third sort of front that we're being attacked on, and that is spirituality. Mm-hmm. You know, we, our, our, our spiritual values are gone now, right? We don't have any. Uh, we don't have any traditions, you know. Uh, for example, the, uh, every culture throughout history had a tradition of initiating young men, uh, young boys into manhood. You know, mm-hmm. um, every culture in the world had that. You know, you reach a certain age, you have to train. You, you need to be educated by the elders, and when when they judge that you are ready, there'll be some ordeal you must overcome. And then once you succeed in that ordeal, you become a man. You know, and 
you have the approval and support of, of the ma- male members of your tribe. And, you know, that instills a kind of a confidence in people that, you know, yeah, I belong to this culture. I am, I'm a part of this group. I'm a part of this tribe. I've passed the test. I am worthy. That's all gone. And, and so we see, you know, young people don't feel they're worthy. You know, they don't have real confidence. They have this phony, fake confidence that's been instilled in them by the, uh, by the school system. You know, everybody's a winner. Everybody gets a gold medal. And uh, nobody has to take a risk of failure. And uh, so they think that's going to instill confidence, but it's a false confidence. And so unless, and I'm going to end this in a minute, unless they, um, unless you're, you have a, a strong spirit, you can't fight this system. And that's why they're doing this. Again, they want us stupid. They want us sick and sickly, you know, and they want to destroy our spirit. And in that way, there's no way we can ever resist what what they want. And what they want is just to see us all suffer <laughs> and die. You, you use a term in a book called Democide. Explain that to us. Democide is uh, it's a term that, yeah, you don't, you don't hear that. They don't teach it in school. <coughs> Excuse me. It's, it means um, death by your own government. Now, we have, you know, homicide and you know, somebody else kills you, and then you have wars, you know, war casualties. Another country comes in and kills you. But it's when your, your own government kills you, and that's called democide. And democide in the last century, the 20th century, is responsible for somewhere, you know, it's hard to estimate because you, you can't count so many dead bodies, but between 162 to 272 million people. And that is people that were killed by their own government. These are the people that you voted for that turned around and sent you to a camp to be shot. And again, why? Because the governments are controlled by psychopaths, you know. So they get into power. They don't like your politics. They don't like your religion. They don't like your social standing. They don't like your skin color. Well, great. Let's round them up and kill them because they don't care. They have no conscience. They have no empathy. Uh, and so that's why people become, uh, you know, genocides occur is because the psychopaths in charge of their governments instigated those genocides. And unless we have the courage to always make sure, you know, like call out the government on what they're doing and, and be willing to stand up. I'm not saying revolution. There's a thing called in the animal kingdom called threat display behavior. And when people, uh, people, when animals of the same species fight, usually they don't come to blows, right? What will happen is like two, two roosters, they'll, well, roosters will come to blows, but let's say two tigers, um, their hair will stand up, they'll snarl, they'll growl, you know, and it's each one is trying to look more dangerous, right? We see this, you know, in, in intermale rivalries too, right? Uh, you know, two guys are you know, kind of rivals and they'll both try to puff out their chest and walk with, a, you know, their legs akimbo and let their ha- arms hang out. You know, you know, the whole posture and way of walking when you're, when you're looking like you're going to, uh, you're looking for a fight kind of thing. So threat display behavior is an effective deterrent to violence because usually what happens is one of the opponents will go, well, this guy looks pretty tough. I'll just walk away quietly, you know. 
So when you have a population that is as dumbed down, as weak, and spiritless as we have right now, then the psychopaths in charge are not afraid. They, they will bully us and they will lead us into genocides and round people up and throw them into gulags and concentration camps and uh, you know, work camps and re-education centers uh, because they're not afraid of the people because the people have been defeated spiritually and, and, and physically, right? So if you have a, a population that is mentally prepared to say, no, you're not getting away with this, before you spray anything else, you know, and, and I mean, let's have a, you know, blockade every airport in the in the country until they explain what the hell they're doing. And the same thing with the vaccine. Uh, you know, the reason I don't trust vaccines is because they're making it mandatory. It makes absolutely no sense. It, it's a complete contradiction of logic because, you know, uh, they're saying unvaccinated people are going to give viruses to vaccine people. I mean, come on, this is ridiculous. So the fact that they're lying to me lying to us about why we need vaccines and then they're trying to make it mandatory tells me they're up to no good mm-hmm. and the same thing with all of it you know they're up to no good and we just put up with it we just take it and uh, it's killing us uh, us as a, a culture us as a country and it's killing us individually because when i say that we're at war and we're being attacked on all these levels it's not a metaphor look around you Look at the suicide rate in this country. Uh-huh. You know, there's more people that die in one year from suicide than have been killed in 15 years of Mideast wars. You know, more, more soldiers kill themselves than die in battle. Why is that? Uh-huh. Look at the cancer rate. You know, it's phenomenal. Could that be due to the GMO products? Could that be due to the Wi-Fi? Could that be due, due to the aluminum uh, oxide in the air? Could it be due to the, the, the pollution and the insecticide in the water? We don't hear anything like that, but millions of people every year are dying from cancer. And young people, you know, in their 20s and 30s. And then when you see these kids, you know, six years old, dying from brain tumors. I mean, that never happened before in history. So the casualties are real. And then add in the alcoholism, the, uh, the drug addiction, the, uh, the people that are on psychotropic drugs, you know, the legal drugs. I mean, look at the casualties that we are suffering. I mean, I'm sure you, you don't, there's, I'm sure you know somebody that is, you know, addicted to drugs, that's suffering a depression and, 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 or has committed suicide. I had a, a, two of my friends commit suicide. And their marriages are destroyed, you know. Um, look at what's happening. It's a bloodbath out there, you know. Uh, this is a result of the war, and we're in the war right now. You also talk about in the book how this is also, you know, not taking anything away from women, but this is an attack on men as well. There's an emasculation that, is, that has uh, occurred as a result of it. Yeah, it's a direct attack on men. Um, governments, and, you know, this is not new. This has been going on for a long time. It's, it's ramped up in the last 50 years because the technology has enabled these, these psychopaths to inflict even more damage on, the, on our society. But this has been going on for a long time. Uh, for example, um, uh, governments throughout history have tried to emasculate men. Uh, because why? Well, because men are the revolutionaries. 
Men are the, uh, or the counter-revolutionaries, men are the ones that unite together to stand up against tyranny. I mean, you know, all these nice myths and stories aside, women have never, uh, you know, rallied together to overthrow a tyrant. Men do. So tyrants want to masculate men. So that's why we're being targeted. Mm-hmm. And we're being targeted on a number of different areas, you know, feminism and, and then the mainstream media, which portrays all men as either, you know, rapists or idiots. You know, there's never just a strong, a good role model that, that you can say, you know, uh, see, well, this guy's just, he's an honest, hardworking, good man, you know, looks after his family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you can trust him to look after your kids. You don't see those role models because... They want to demonize us and weaken us that way because, again, we're the only people that fight up against against this, you know. And they got the women in on it to do it because men will, you know, have no fear in standing up. Well, real men, right? <laughs> not not the uh, emasculated uh, um, new, new SJWs and cell phone geeks. I mean, real men. Is, are usually willing to stand up to tyrants and bullies, but right, right, right. Like True. you know, if you say something to me in, in a restaurant and I don't like it, and I say, "Hey, take that back," or you know, you and I will will go chest to chest, right? But if right. it was a right. woman, we back down. <laughs> okay, sorry, ma'am. Okay, you can call me whatever you want. I'm not. Gonna... Right. So true. So true. So so okay. So yeah, we go ahead. Set this up where we know what the problem is, we know who's the problem. How do you stand up against the tyrant? Well, this is, How do you find your inner warrior? What do we begin to do to um, reconstruct our spirit? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough process, you know. One thing that I... I I'm trying to, uh, I, I was thinking of, because, you know, I want to give answers more than just, you know, point out all the evils in society, because everybody, you know, pointing out the evils in society, and it's pretty easy to do because there's so much of it. And I'm always trying to look, well, what, what can we do to fight against it? You know, I studied strategy. I should be able to come up with a plan how to fight this, because it's an enemy. And like any any enemy, you can use military strategy to defeat them. So we can do it. There's a number of different ways, but the the first thing we have to do is reinstill our own confidence, our own spirit. And I think one thing that we should do is that us older men need to mentor the younger men. You know, we, when, when I grew up, there was no men in my life. I never had a male school teacher. I, I never had a father. I grew up, I, I was you know, 18 years old, and I never had a, a male role model in my life. And so at that point, I went, okay, I will become my own male role model. And so I read the biographies of all these great men and oh my God, these, these men were smart and strong and brave and talented and honest as the day as long as I, okay, I'll, I'll be like these guys, you know? And uh, so that's what I've been trying to do uh, to some extent, but it would be a lot easier if we can mentor other men. For example, I had a friend, I was teaching him some Kung Fu. This was in California in Ventura. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, uh, I'm going to go for a bike ride up in the mountains. You want to come along? Oh, yeah, okay, I want to come along. He brings his bike over, and I look at the, he says, it doesn't work too good. And uh, I look at the bike, and the chain is off the sprocket, right? And I said, oh, I can fix that. He goes, you can? 
I said, yeah, watch this, you know, lift up your finger, put the chain on the sprocket, boom, it's fixed. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. You know, uh, Philippe, the guy was 31 years old. He had a 12-year-old daughter. He doesn't know how to fix a chain on a bicycle. And that's with a lot of these guys, you know. They have taught them nothing. So I think we need to mentor the men, especially the men, and if you and that would mean like if you can go to the park and teach them how to build a fire or, or uh, how to ride a bicycle or how to fix a flat tire, things like that, you know, because they need to develop develop their confidence, and the best way to develop confidence is through a series of small successes building up to bigger and bigger successes, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, it's not like you can suddenly all you know, become powerful and, and confident overnight. No. But the more you do, the more experience you gain, and the more, you know, like there's failures, great, fine. But we make our goals so small that the failures are, you know, minuscule compared to successes. And then once you start to build that confidence and uh, through learning and training, then we take it to the next step. Now that you have confidence, let's develop courage. So courage is developed through risk and exertion and fear, overcoming fear. So, you know, when I was growing up, one of the things we did was an Outward Bound program. And uh, when we were 13, they would take you out in a canoe, leave you in the woods, you know, 15 miles away from camp. And they said, we'll be back in three days. So now you're by yourself in the, in the wow. woods with the bears wow. and, the, and the rattlesnakes and, uh, you know, I mean, the, the moose and and you're deep in the dark woods and there's nobody around for, for miles and miles and there's nobody that can come and help you if you get scared or you panic or you hurt yourself, you fall off a rock and break your leg. Well, good luck. You've got to deal with it for three days. And, so the, and they would leave you with two matches and a knife. That's it. You had to feed yourself, make some shelter. Now, you go through that. In reality, the risk wasn't very great nobody I ever knew ever got hurt. But when you're out there, you don't think the risk is, is minor. You think you're really taking a chance. It's dark. The wolves are howling. You know, the moon is over the trees, right? You hear things in the bushes all the time. What the hell was that? I heard something in the woods, you know? And you got to put up with that fear. you got to get over it. But once you get over that fear, once you've done it, you go, holy jeez, you know? Um, that was intense, but I'm fine. I faced it. I conquered it, you know. So things like that. Unfortunately, to become a real warrior, you need to face danger. I, I, I can't explain it. We had another thing. We had a rope course. Have you ever done a rope course, Philippe? Um, no, I don't think so. Right, where they string all these ropes up, uh, you know, 50 feet up in the trees, and you have to you know, go hand over hand this rope and then slide down another one. And, no, and, uh, I haven't done that. Oh, it's scary, especially for me. I, I'm afraid of heights. And back in the day when, when we did this, there was no safety net, there was no safety <laughs> helmet, and there was no safety harness. So you had, yeah, no, they didn't have that in those days, right? Now we have the bubble wrap kids, right? Like, oh, uh, Johnny's going to go to the bathroom. Quick, get the, get the bicycle helmet. In case he falls off the toilet seat, you know, like <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, cool. back in those days, you know, you know, we had uh, they they strung one rope 
that you put your feet on and then they strung another rope that you used to hang on to with your hands. And then you had to go, you know, shuffle side by side across the rope. And there was a lot of flex in that rope. So you're kind of swinging around and you're like 50, 60 feet up above, you know, like a ravine and there is no safety net. And so guess what happens? You hang on really tight. (laughs) I mean, white knuckle that rope, you know, (laughs) Oh, that's exactly right. no, but if you fail, you will die, right? Right. <laughs> but right. nobody failed. Yeah. But you that's would have died. Right. I mean, nobody would have survived right. that fall. And so while you do that a few times, uh, you start to feel like you're a pretty badass. Now, once you get the courage, something else takes place, sleep. And that is there is a psychological transfer that. Uh, there's an energy that's developed. I know this is going to sound a little bit new agey and and out there, but when you have real confidence, it radiates from you and, and it, and it, uh, it discourages any intrusion or, or aggression from others. Right. Um, Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I remember doing, Bakwa Chang for, I don't know, six, eight, about eight years. And wow. uh, I started in Taekwondo, and I, I said, you know, I, I really don't find this uh, conducive to, you know, meditation and the spirit. I wanted something internal versus external, something uh, um, uh, right. something dealing with chi and soft style versus hard. <clears throat> and so a friend of mine, who's still a friend of a martial artist and still a friend of mine today, introduced me to a Sifu, uh, uh, Tony Roberts, he's now deceased, but he, he, he was a Bakwa master, and he started teaching me about the Yijing and about this big circle, little circles, and having to unlearn everything that I learned in Taekwondo, which was all straight lines. And what was fascinating is, is that the more I did it, and, I, you know, it took me about three years before I woke up one morning and every technique and palm change that I was shown automatically clicked in. It, didn't, it wasn't something that happened overnight. Patience is, a, is, is, is part of that process. But I remember when I would walk out the door that I no longer it – it did a couple of things. One, you're right. You, 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 aggression and, and what have people feel and sense that level of confidence that you have. And mm-hmm. so they're not going to approach you with any, you know, malice or, or, or BS, if you will. The other right. thing that was interesting, though, is that whatever the anger or level of rage I had inside of me completely vanished mm-hmm. because I knew I had control. And yeah. that was what was fascinating about it. But but go ahead. But I was just saying, because I, I agree with you wholeheartedly in terms of what you're saying. Yeah. No, I, I had no idea you were so so proficient in martial arts. Because I do Bagua, too. You know, I love Bagua. It's a great, oh, okay. great style. Yeah. Um, but what you described is exactly the point. You see, people get angry when they get from pain and fear, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk about that and you know, slaying, slaying these two, these two things, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly, you know. Mm-hmm. And you see, you know, you, you stub your toe or you, you walk on a Lego in your bare feet, you know. <laughs> Ouch. 
<laughs> and what's what's the first thing that comes out of your mouth, right? God damn it, son of a yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So you start cursing and screaming because that's a natural reaction to pain. And when you look at, you know, primates like monkeys and, uh, and uh, or uh, look at kids too, it's the same thing, right? Uh, and, and people, somebody jumps out from under a bush and they go boo and they, they shock them and, and they're startled. Mm-hmm. What do they do? Monkeys start jittering. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and people go, well, how dare you know, So the anger comes from fear and pain. And the fear comes from a lack of confidence. Right? You're not in control. You have no power. So now people that don't have that confidence, they're going to be always fearful and angry at the same time. And um, so once you achieve that, you, and you're right, it took you took you about six years. That's about the, the average. You know, people want, you know, instant solutions to this stuff. You know, like somebody, I talked to somebody the other day and he says, oh, yeah, I'm studying uh, the staff. I said, oh, who's your teacher? Oh, no, I'm, I'm studying it on the iPhone. <laughs> 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 oh, well, you got a good teacher then. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's how... No, that's true. I'm, oh, I'm that's great. Great face. <laughs> Studying staff on the iPhone. <laughs> oh man, yeah, okay. YouTube martial artist, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but that, that's the mentality, you know. But no, the reality is, yeah. Sorry, I hate to break it to everybody, but if you really want to develop confidence and become a real man and and have power and can in your life and and be able to live calmly and 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 be a positive force in your community. Yeah, it takes about six years of hard work, and that's just to start, right? And then you've Absolutely. got a lifetime of affecting it and putting it into play and, and improving the world around you. Talk to me about having to uh, remove yourself from political parties. Uh, you talk about this in the book, that part of the process is removing yourself from, from, that, from, the, from the, kind of in a sense, removing yourself from the government. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're now, you know, at the point, what, what I'm trying to do is train people so that, uh, you know, weaken the power of these evil uh, monsters that are running things. But people are scared that they want to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and if they're not scared, then they're lazy. Oh, I, yeah, I'd like to come to a meeting. But, you know, there's a good, there's a good, my favorite TV show is on tonight. You know? <laughs> I'm going to watch the Kardashians. So, you know, it's okay. Let the government enslave us. I don't mind because the Kardashians are on, you know. So, you know, like, how are we going to fight this when we have a nation of weaklings and cowards? You know, you can't do that. Uh, You know, it's it's like um, Sun Tzu says, you know, you don't throw untrained troops into battle. So trouble is we are already in the middle of a battle. We're in the trenches. We're in the foxholes right now. I mean, they're taking shots at us every day through the media, through the chemtrails, through the microwave. You know, we are at war, and yet nobody's been trained. Nobody's ready. Mm-hmm. So, but once you do get ready, once you start to develop confidence and say, you know, I'm mad as hell, <laughs> I don't want to take it anymore, mm-hmm. then the next thing to do is to starve the beast, right? Uh, because... It's one of the strategies in uh, in the book, the 36 strategies of ancient China. Because, like I said, I'm trying to apply strategy to taking these people down. And one strategy is called steal the firewood from under the pot. And what that means is to start to undermine their power source, right? So, participating in 
political parties, that's your power. We know it's the left-right paradigm. It's the, that because nothing changes. You vote Republican or Democrat. Uh, we're still in, in 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 Iraq. We're still in Afghanistan. We're still bombing people. We still have. 372, however many goddamn military bases all over the world. Did any of that change? Did it change under Nixon? Did it change under Carter? Did it change under, you know, Bush and Clinton? And never. No, none of that ever changed. That's not never going to change. So why bother be belonging to a political party when they don't do anything? Right? Uh-huh. It's, uh-huh. it's just a false hope, right? Because the things that need to change, they will never change. And the things that need to change is stop these goddamn wars, stop bombing people. And then also look at the money that you pay for um, that goes to the military budget. I mean, who's paying for that? Oh, blue collar, white collar, uh, working class people that go to work for 60 hours a week and and you have to scrimp and scrape so they can have a nice dinner on Saturday with their family. And guess what? They're paying for all this war and these munitions and umpteen billion dollar aircraft carriers and how many hundred, you know, U.S. bases. I mean, are you crazy? Is this insane? Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. has to stop. America has never, ever faced an external threat. Never, you know, Um, not the Nazis. Nobody was ever going to invade, uh, not not the the Japanese. They were never going to invade, uh, not the British. They were ever, you know, it's a myth that America is vulnerable. They're not. It's a matter of logistics. You know, you can't you can't ship people over an entire ocean and invade an entire continent. You know, the logistics are just simply impossible. It can never happen. So to spend more money than all the countries in the world spend on the military because oh, oh we're 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 in danger. No. All that money goes to bankers and corporations. That's all it is. So, number one, that's got to stop. You know, imagine if, because in another video I explained that we pay 80% of everything to the government in taxes, right? You spend a dollar, 80%, 80 cents went to the government. You only spent 20 cents. And um, where's that all going to? Let's say the government cut the tax rate in half. That would mean that everybody who is now working um, 60 hours a week, remember, out of that 60 hours a week, 50 hours a week goes to the government. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You would now have to work 30 hours a week. Uh, That sounds a lot better. Cut the military and then go to work for 30 hours a week. Go to work for three days and take four days off every week. I mean, that would give you time to be with your family and to build communities and to, you know, but again, they don't want that. You know, they don't want families. They don't want communities. They don't want you to be self-reliant or or have any free time to think about things, right? So, <clears throat> you know, for me, I haven't voted in 40 years. Uh, it's exercise and futility, as far as I'm concerned. I know mm-hmm. sometimes people say, "Well, you know, it's the third party, and this time Bush got in, and that's good." Oh, I, I don't see any changes. You know, mm-hmm. uh, every time that. <laughs> I don't see did did uh, did uh, Trump uh, close any military bases? No. Mm-hmm. Did he reduce the military? Oh no, he increased the military budget. So okay, please. Um, so we got to get the government out of our wallets. That's the first thing. So you can starve them. The other way to do it is like I don't support any of the major corporations. 
that's a, that you know uh, uh, echo the party line. So I will not watch any mainstream media. I will not buy a magazine or a newspaper. I don't go to the movies. I don't watch television. Um, I will, you know, I starve these people. I don't have cable. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even have a cell phone. I'm not giving these people my money because these people are not good people. And um, yeah, I might not be able to take them down personally, but I can sure as hell make sure they get as little of my money as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, the same thing with uh, taxes, you know, put some thought into it, you know, create another corporation, do it legally, you know, but mm-hmm. you know, who, who, I bet you, Philippe, you pay more income tax than IBM does, right? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. personally pay more income tax than all of IBM because why? IBM figured out how not to pay taxes, you know. And so, the more you can figure out how not to pay taxes, I recommend that. You know, if that means that you have to form two or three corporations and then you know deduct your your household rent or whatever your gas expenses mm-hmm. and food and so that you don't have to pay as much taxes or, you know, put some money into a deferred, you know, RSP or whatever. Anything you can do to prevent paying money to the government is a good thing. Absolutely. So, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you're supporting organized crime. Mm. <laughs> you know? Nice. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Um, we have well, TV commercials. Well- yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, well, I was going to say the book is is uh, Mastering the Way of the Warrior, and uh, uh, this is a book that a master's guide, excuse me, a master's guide to the way of the warrior, and uh, it's a book that you need to have to study. Um, it is a great, great book uh, to give to your kids, particularly your sons, <clears throat> because. Um, it will give them the foundation uh, to be a man for the rest of their lives and know, uh, be able to immediately recognize tyranny uh, and be able to, to remove themselves from that. So I, I just think the, the work that you've done over these last 30 years with this and the research that you've done is just absolutely remarkable. Oh, well, thank you, Philippe. And, and uh, uh, what I want to do is I want to have you come back because I want to have – this is a continued conversation. This is not something you can get all in in one show because there's so many other aspects of, of the book and chapters that I want to uh, uh, talk about. But uh, go – you know, now you have a website. Uh, what's, the, what's the website and the web address for people to go and get more information about you and the other books that you've written as well as this current one? Sure. Um, I'm, I'm really bad at marketing, so my website is really <laughs> unintuitive. Uh, it's based on the very first book I wrote, China Strategies. So the website is uh, www.chinastrategies.com. Uh, or you can just Google um, The Way of the Warrior, and my book will come up in the first page now, I think. And it's it's a blue cover with a gold dragon on, on it. And... Uh, and then you'll find my name, and you can Google that if you can't find it. And um, yeah, so um, yeah, ChinaStrategies.com. Thank you so much, Stefan, uh, for, for for being with us and, and for talking to us and bringing this great, great work uh, uh, to our consciousness. <clears throat> and uh, what we'll do is we'll see you guys uh, or hear you guys uh, next time on the Philippe Matthews Show. Make sure you send your comments in there because on our 
blog talk, you know, we are connected to Facebook. So make sure that you comment on uh, uh, on what uh, Stefan was uh, offering us. And um, hey, man, keep doing this work. Well, thanks, Luke. I, right, I, you know, we got to right. go we got to stick together and beat this thing. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and we have to be men again. Yeah. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. All right, so we'll talk. We'll talk. Uh, talk again soon, and have you back on the show again soon. Anytime, Philippe. Thank you. All right. Take care, everybody.